Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner podcast. Today's guest is Hallie Sherman from the very, very popular Instagram page, Speech Time Fun. She is a school-based SLP who works primarily with older students. She's a blogger, an author, a Teachers Pay Teachers creator, and she's a fellow podcaster. She truly does it all. <laughs> I just, I first found out about Hallie through her very popular children's book, Ella Bella Just Can't Tell Ya, a book that I use all the time in therapy. So I am really excited to have you on the podcast today, and I just want to welcome you to the SLP Corner Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I love it that you found me through my, my children's book, my little passion project. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the cutest book. Anyone listening to this, go check it out. It's so cute. I actually used it so much in my last placement with my social thinking groups. So it was like older groups of kids with autism and they loved it for like developing their semantic networks and everything. And it was just really fun. So, so yeah, so today we're gonna be talking about ways to keep older students motivated and engaged. I'm really excited. I feel like I'm gonna learn so much <laughs> for myself from this podcast. What are your thoughts on why it can be so much more difficult to work with older students and keep their motivation in therapy sessions because even I, I find like working with younger students we can kind of play more and it's it's just even planning for my older therapy sessions I find it to be more challenging so why do you think that is for many reasons one they are it's it like they're lifers mm -hmm. they've been getting speech for so many years like they might have seen some of their friends graduate and they're still getting pulled like they're becoming more and more aware of why am I still here? On top of it, they're becoming more aware of their challenges academically. When they're younger, they're not even realizing they're struggling. It's not as noticeable how far apart from their peers they are, but when they get older, it's, okay, they're failing tests. Oh, they're being pulled into smaller groups. Oh, they're in a smaller class. Like there's more and more things they're becoming more aware of and how they're different from their peers. And learning becomes a chore, a challenge, and they're embarrassed by it. They're frustrated. They're tired. Mm -hmm. So one, they're sick and tired of being pulled, you know, and like ugh, her again, like, okay. I know for me, I pull from specials. So I'm pulling them out of the one thing of their day where they're able to relax their brain. That's not fair because I can't pull them out of academics because they need the academics. Meanwhile, our students more than ever, they're like, need that art, music. Those are the things that are going to excel in and, and build their confidence. So all those things together between the embarrassment, the frustration, the exhaustion, like they don't want to be pulled from class to be told that they can't do something also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember in my school placement, when I would take the kindergartners out, they were, they had like, yeah, like less awareness overall. So they're kind of like, okay, like I'll go to the speech room. But it's so true. It's like with older kids, they're like, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, come on. And then it's like, if they're missing gym or something fun, that's of course, like, who wouldn't find that? That's just, yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, so that's where I feel like it's so important as SLPs being that one person in that student's life that shows them they can. Let's, show, let's teach them. We don't have a curriculum. We're, there's no one telling us. We have to show these students books way above their reading level. We don't have to show them math problems that they can't, they can't even 
master multiplication problems and they're getting word problems up the wazoo. Like they don't have their basic facts down, but these teachers are required to still expose them to these things. So they're constantly being exposed to things they can't do where we can teach them on their level, show them that they can be successful. We can take the reading piece out. We can use different tricks up our sleeves. We're, we're different in so many ways that we can use that to our advantage versus if we go into it thinking, okay, they're going to hate this. They're going to be bored with it. They're going to be bored with it. But if we walk in saying, okay, I'm going to teach it to them so they can finally grasp it and be confident. Even if the teachers don't follow my lead and take my strategies and run with it, I at least know for that 30 minutes, once or twice a week, three times a week, I show them that they can be a rock star and that they can be successful. So I love that perspective. It's like switching. Imagine just like all day, all day feeling like I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not thinking as quickly as the other students. And then that 30 minutes with your perspective, it's like you're switching it from something that they're dreading to like the 30 minutes where they feel like they can succeed and they inherently will get more motivated if they feel like they can, they can actually do the things that you're asking of them or that you're teaching them in your session. Mm -hmm. And I even give them some ownership, like, okay, you don't want to read. I'm not making you read. When it's your turn to read, I will read for you. And, and we, they just have to give me that look. They don't even have to say it out loud. They don't have to be embarrassed by it. Like I give that when, in the beginning of the school year. And I remind them always every activity. If you don't want to read, just give me, you, know, you don't have to. You can read or I can read it to you. The choice is yours. And I do that always whenever the activity is. This way they know when it's their, like I don't do like the popcorn read where they're like required to because I'm not teaching them decoding. We're working on comprehension. So they listen to me. Who cares? As long as they're following along and getting the tasks done, let's skip over the reading piece. I don't care. Hmm. It's like another reminder. It's like, what is our goal? Because so often you can get, it's so easy to kind of lose sight of the goal and start looking at other things. And you kind of have to take, take a step back and think like, wait a second, am I working on reading? Am I working on comprehension? Am I working on executive function? Like, what am I actually trying to work on? I like that. And then reduce mm -hmm. it the requirements otherwise. Like even spelling, like unless you're working on a phonological awareness goal. And yes, you might be working on the carryover piece of it, yada, yada, yada. But nine times out of 10, I'm working on something else. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, we can start off. Okay. What sound does it start with? Okay. Now I'm going to help you out the rest of the way. Like, or I just say spelling doesn't count. Just write anything down if we're writing something or do they even have to write? Like, just tell me the answer. You have to be creative and know where your students breakdowns are. If, if writing is going to be a labor, uh, like a challenge, a chore for them that's going to take up the whole session, don't make them write. Let them just tell you the answer. Change the ex expectations. There's no reason just because we are school-based SLPs that they have to be doing school-like tasks. Mm. We're still speech therapists. We're not classroom teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, what would you say like the top challenges we face are? One is that we're not trained in graduate school for the higher language skills. Like we're learn we learn about like the, you know, Brown's morphemes and, you know, all those different earlier language stuff. And then it's all of a sudden like, then what? Like now where do we go with it? Um, and unless you are learning on your placements, that's the only chance you really get to experience that. Now where do I go? And there is no roadmap. There is no curriculum. And I find that SLPs struggle with the, where do I start? Where do I go? Do I do what my student is expected in the classroom? Do I do at their chronological age, but they're reading at 
like they're functioning at like a second grade level. Like, where do I start? And I always say, don't think about their age. Think about where they're functioning. Where are they at? Mm -hmm. And still think of those basic, like they might've skipped some milestones that they should have had in the preschool or early elementary years. So we need to go back to that. And then after a certain point, you know, how many times are we going to be drilling synonyms and antonyms? Let's start working on some compensatory strategies. We need to teach our students that like, these things might always be a struggle for you. How can we overcome them and be successful when you're not pulled out for the speech room? Mm-hmm. Like functional goals. Like what exactly. is- mm-hmm. Exactly. When you're home doing your homework and you are reading and you get to a word you've never heard of before, what do you do? Teaching our students those strategies on how to tackle those difficult situations versus giving up. We don't want them giving up. We want them to still love learning and find that they can be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like in grad school, and I'm learning this more and more because I'm very new at SLP, like with regards to working, you learn all this theoretical side of SLP. And then like the functional side and thinking about how these goals are actually going to help them in their real life and the generalization of those goals. Yeah, that it's, it's just so challenging. Like, and adds an entire new layer onto something onto therapy and how you're working with them and how you're working with the parents and everything. And I find the best solution or not solution tip and advice I can give is don't try to bombard yourself just because yes, they, they are so behind in so many things. Doesn't mean you need to give them five to 10 goals, stick to two, maybe three goals. The the less, the the less amount of goals you have, the more focused your therapy will be and you'll be able to achieve those goals especially because those goals are annual goals we that doesn't mean every session you're going to be working on those goals you're going to be breaking down those goals into like benchmarks and objectives and every week you're going to be doing something different to get to that end goal so just because you feel i don't you feeling like you're pigeonholing yourself because you're only doing two or three goals you might be working on summarization but throughout the year, you might be doing something other than summarization. You might be focusing on relevant details versus irrelevant details. What's the main idea? What are sequencing? You might be focusing on all those different things while leading up to being able to verbally produce a summary. So knowing that there's different skills required to build on top of each other, like even also they need to have vocabulary and sentence structure to be able to summarize, for an example. Knowing all those different things of why they might be struggling can help you guide your interventions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So like one of your tips would be decreasing number of goals Mm -hmm. over a long period of time. That's a good one for me because that's even a question as a new clinician. I'm like, how many goals is too many goals? Especially when you, because your goal is one thing, but then all the objectives to reach that goal. And just because you might not be formalizing and writing it down, you're still doing it informally. So knowing that, that, and if you have so many objectives to get to that goal, that's when you really more so want to have less goals because kids are going to be absent. You're going to be absent. You're going to have meetings. Things come up that you might have other kids in the group so that you have to address their goals too. So you, you don't want to give yourself so much that you don't know where to begin and, and it really does become impossible to master those goals. Mm-hmm. So do you have other tips and tricks for overcoming the challenges that you kind of talked about other than the goals? I, wanna, I need to learn all of the things from you. <laughs> definitely also keeping in mind and really looking at the big picture of why is that student struggling 
look at the evaluations and the test scores? Where did they struggle? Do, when you're evaluating or informally evaluating or assessing, doing some informal evaluations, like just giving like the self, for example, is not going to tell you like, okay, yes, there's an understanding spoken paragraphs part, but those paragraphs are so long and boring. I forget what I'm reading while I'm reading it. I, I, those students, I know they're going to struggle. And it's also at their age level, but that doesn't mean if I gave them something younger, may, like maybe give them something younger just to see how they do. Maybe if it was shortened, maybe simplified, not yet like you're going to document it like and give it a score, but giving yourself more information on how those students are functioning, like and where the breakdown is will help guide you where to begin. And when, you're, when you have that student right in front of you that might be new and you didn't evaluate them, go see if you speak to the teacher, speak to the school psychologist, speak to the parent about the history of the student, get as much information as you can. And then when you have them in front of you, probe a little bit. You don't have to dive right into the goals. Um, the more time you spend to figuring out where the breakdown is and how their functioning is, you can get an idea of, yes, you might have a goal in front of you. I sometimes don't agree with them. I'll be honest. Nine out of 10 times I inherit goals like that. I'm like, okay, so let's, let's pretend I, like, honestly, something it's going to sound so bad, but sometimes I'll get a student and like, I'll meet the student first before I even look at the goals. Like I want to try to see if I can guess, mm -hmm. like I play a little guessing game. Cause like, well, I'm building rapport with them playing like all about me kind of stuff. I will like try to guess what their goals are based on my informal about like observations. And then I decide whether or not I agree with them or whatnot, but really looking at the full picture, looking at the psych scores, looking at the ed scores, looking at their reading levels, look at, See if there are reports from previous speech therapists, especially if they're the older ones. If you didn't have them before, someone else did most likely. So getting on the phone, emailing them, don't be afraid to ask them like, hey, what'd you work on? What'd you notice? Any tips, any advice? Most SLPs will be happy to share if you look them up. So yeah, so like taking like a very broad look at where the breakdowns are occurring. It's so true. Like this self that's such a good example because the understanding spoken paragraph section, I couldn't answer those questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> While reading it, I, I forget what I read. <laughs> so boring. And then it's like certain, some screeners and some, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And as a new clinician, especially, it's like, I want to hold on to those mm -hmm. like, standard. I'm like, oh, this is like so helpful because it can be so hard. But but yeah, I like your, I like the advice of just like looking at all the other reports, taking a very broad look at it, parent report, I guess, do you do like lots of classroom observations and things like that as well? I, I mean, at this age, most of the time they're like already classified, they're already on my caseload, but mm -hmm. if they're a new eval, like I will push in because sometimes like I might see like sometimes it's teacher style that the issue is or um, and I can give some strategies or pointers, but like, like, okay, they're sitting in the back and they're staring at the window and not listening to the teacher. And, and so when they come to me and the teacher's like, well, why are they fine with you? And not, I'm like, well, it's one-on-one. -on -one. I, I was easily able to keep their attention. So knowing where that breakdown is and where they might slip and fall, not fall, but um, looking at the full student picture and not just what's on paper in front of you, whether it's goals, whether it's test scores. Um, I know we're bombarded and short on time and we try to just eval quickly and just get it done to get it done. But taking that little 10 minutes to just, I always have like 
a quick reading comprehension that I can just do that's lower level just to see how they function. I'll just do a quick little like run through. Okay. Like what's the, what's a synonym of glad? What's a synonym of afraid? Like I'll go through like a quick thing of like all the different possible goals I might be working on just to see where they're functioning, just to get a little bit more information. Mm -hmm. So, so if people are working with older students right now, do you have like, easy to use resources do you have any recommendations for resources for people to use i mean now it's also different because there's so much teletherapy happening but yeah like what like do you have ideas well the transition to teletherapy happened to be very easy for me because i tend i was already using technology often because i try to avoid reading comprehension as much as possible. So other than like quick little task card games or an occasional reading passage, um, I always loved using like Pixar short videos or just Google images and having them depict it. Um, just using various uh, games online, like boom cards. And I was already doing that. So that all I had to do was just switch the presentation. Don't be afraid to take the text out of the, the activity. Like you'll find your students will be so much more, all, when, whenever my students like to come into the room, like they'll have that, I've had these students before, they'll be slouched down like afraid. Once they realize they're not going to be reading, they sit up, they smile, they're attentive. They'll like have that sigh of relief and it, you, you have them right there. Now, granted, I tell my students all the time, this can't always be the case. Sometimes you might have some text in front of you, but Using those Pixar short videos um, where to be able to, you can pause, you can stop and go. Um, I love using like Snack Attack, Ormy the Pig, uh, Dust Bunny Buddies, uh, The Present, Lily the Snowman. Uh, there are so many. Like you can, I, I like using commercials. I like using Simon's Cat. There are so many YouTube videos that you can use to work on any goal possible. You can work on vocabulary, summarizing. Uh, answering WH questions, uh, answering higher level thinking questions, predicting. You can pause it and say, what do you think is going to happen next? Like you can really work on anything under the sun and it involves nothing other than going to YouTube. Love it. That's it. There's no prep. There's no photocopying. You don't have to jam the photocopier. Like you don't need to have any text in front of you and have to worry about, can they read it? Can they not read it? No one has to clean any pencils. Like it is the easiest of things to be able to use. Thank you so much for providing us with all those ideas for resources. <laughs> I've used the Pixar short films before and they're so fun to, they're so fun with older kids, but um, those other ones were almost all new to me. So thank you. <laughs> and so the last thing is, what would be your one tip or your one, your one piece of advice for people working with older students right now that you would want to leave, leave us all with? Be authentic with them. Be real. Um, they can sense when you're faking it and being phony. They want to know that they can trust you and you want to have that rapport, like listen to them, take the time, ask them how their day is. Even those challenging students, try to find what's really going on. I've had those challenging students where I was like, okay, they're embarrassed that they can't read. They're embarrassed that they are struggling like, and find ways to work around those, those hiccups. Be aware of their interests, use them, but don't, don't pretend like, I'm not going to pretend that I, that I TikTok. I know what it is. I'll tell them that I, I, I can use it as an example. I don't, I don't pretend that I am fortnighting like every night, but I use it as an example. And I, and I use that as a, you guys know something that I don't. You guys are good at that. You guys are good at soccer. I'm good at reading comprehension. 
and writing and spelling. Sure. Even though let's not be real, like my spelling stinks, but like being real with them and showing that you are human and you are there for them, they will be more willing to work harder for you. Thank you so much. I feel like so excited that you were able to come on the podcast this week. I can't even believe it. Like when I first started my blog a year ago, I never would have believed, I never would have thought that I would have you on my podcast. So I feel just like so excited that you came on. Thank you so, so much. And where can everyone find you? They're probably all already following you, <laughs> but where can they find you and um, tell them about your podcast and everything? Sure. So my blog is speechtimefun.com. My TBT source, Speech Time Fun, Instagram, Speech Time Fun. And my podcast is SLP Coffee Talk. So go check Callie out if you haven't already. Check out her book, Ella Bella Just Can't Tell You. It's so cute, you guys. I literally love it. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. All right, I'll see everybody next Monday. Yeah.